Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my life and do so many incredible things. So through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you develop this habit in your life to learn to slow down with your Bible, to learn to sit with Jesus, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus through his word and his presence. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to have you here. Today, I'm going to talk about prayer basics. I had previously planned to talk about how to study your Bible, and when I went to record it, it just did not ring true. I just kept feeling like the Lord kept laying prayer on my heart, and I've done 10 episodes, and they've been predominantly about establishing the habit of Bible reading, and I have not talked about prayer at all, but prayer and Bible reading go hand in hand. You really cannot have one without the other. Bible reading and the Word of God is like bread. Moses said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth out of the mouth of God. And as you can imagine, if someone ate only bread and never drank water with it, they would become very unhealthy and probably eventually die because there would be no way for their system to process that bread eventually. And it's the same thing with spiritual food, with the bread of the Word of God. We need the Spirit of God And we need the water of God's presence, so to speak, to help process that word. And for our spirits to extract all the nutrients of them, we have to have both. Um, And so I think it's just really important to remember bread and water, bread and water. The two work hand in hand. I am certainly not an expert at prayer. I would not consider myself a professional prayer In fact, a lot of times I still hear the enemy tell me I'm doing it wrong, but I just am determined to defeat that voice. And at the end of the day, if I could sum prayer up, it is talking to God. At the end of the day, that is what prayer is. I could stop right there. Musicians come. You have everything you need to know. Prayer is simply talking to God. And a lot of times we have preconceived ideas of what prayer should sound like or just a lot of things about prayer that are probably inaccurate. And as I was thinking about this episode and really the other morning when God began to just lay a few things on my heart, I was reminded of Jesus talking about prayer in Matthew chapter 6 on the sermon in the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm going to read a little portion of scripture. This is what Jesus said about prayer. He said, And when you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter into your closet, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father which is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret shall reward you openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their much speaking. Be not therefore like them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So those right there, in a nutshell, are the instructions of Jesus on prayer. So first of all, he tells us, when you pray, don't do it for a scene. Don't do it for a show. Don't use hollow words. Don't use empty words. That's the very first thing we see that Jesus instructs. Then he says, when you pray, get alone with me. Get into a closet. Get into a private place because I'm looking for intimacy. I'm not looking for performance. I'm looking to get to know your heart, and I'm looking to reveal my heart to you. I want you to bring your burdens to me. I want you to bring your petitions to me. I want you to bring your requests to me. Yes, but more than anything, I want to know you and be known of you, and I want it to be private, and I want it to be personal. And when you pray in private, I'm going to reward you publicly. And I can guarantee you, if you have ever heard someone pray a powerful public prayer, it's not simply because they decided to sound authoritative or pray a powerful public prayer. It's because that person has spent a lot of time in secret, private prayer leading up to that moment. That is what fuels and drives authority in our public prayers. Then Jesus went on and told them, a pattern to use for their prayers. The Lord's Prayer is not simply something to be recited, but it is a pattern for our prayers. And I'm actually going to do an entire episode on this down the road, but just real briefly, he says to approach God as your Father. It's very relational praying. Then he says to recognize and to worship. You're in heaven, you're high, you're holy, you're above all things. And your name is hallowed. I reverence you. I admire you. I adore you. To really recognize that he is far above all things. Then there's invitation and surrender. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is where we surrender our wills, our ways to God. Because oftentimes our will doesn't line up with him. And it's in prayer that we crucify our flesh. It's in prayer that we lay aside our own preferences and our own way of doing things. Then we go into petition and intercession, asking God for the things that we need and for the things that others we know need. He says, give us this day our daily bread. He invites us to ask. He invites us to bring our needs to him. Then repentance and release and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. So we are repenting of the sins in our lives and we are releasing others from the things they've done to offend us. Then there's direction and protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, lead us, guide us, keep us from the pitfalls that we might encounter today. Protect us, Lord, through the power of your spirit. And then he closes with worship and thanksgiving. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Just acknowledging the sovereignty of God, the grandeur of God, the greatness of God in closing. And so this is a pattern that Jesus gave for us to pray. This is something that my pastor teaches and we as a church have really implemented in our prayer lives. Is to just use the pattern that Jesus himself gave us. And so... Again, Jesus said, 
to not pray for a show, not to pray with hollow words, but to pray with raw, genuine honesty. He said to get alone with him. And so this is how a prayer life is formed. A prayer life is not formed on a Sunday morning in church or a Sunday night in church. A prayer life is formed Monday morning by your couch, Tuesday morning by your bed, Wednesday morning in your car, wherever you have chosen to pray and whatever time you've chosen to pray, that's how a prayer life is developed. One day at a time, getting alone with God because he desires intimacy. He desires a relationship with you. And then thirdly, he gave us a pattern to use for our prayers. And so this is so, so, so basic, but I really just felt like God laid that little passage of scripture on my heart in talking about prayer. The whole goal of prayer is not to get answers, but to get to know him. Yes, he does answer prayers. It is for him to change us and to conform us into his image as we spend time in his presence. One of the keys to powerful prayers is vulnerability, and we're going to do an entire episode on this as well. But God wants honesty. He said in Psalm 51 that he desires truth in the inward parts. He doesn't want us to hold back. He wants us to bring every single shred of our innermost being to him. There's nothing we can hide from him. There's nothing that goes without his knowledge. And he just wants us to share. He desires honesty. He doesn't desire that our prayers really sound a particular way. Yes, we have to have a a right spirit. We ask him to create in us a right spirit, but he desires truth, sincerity. He desires faith, that we're approaching him in faith. He just wants us to use the vehicle of prayer to build a relationship with him. In daily Bible reading and prayer, we hear from him in his word, and we talk back to him about our own lives with that fragile mix of beauty and pain. And it's prayer. It's, it's a walk with God. It's one foot in prayer and one foot in the word. One foot in prayer and one foot in the word. And it's really in Bible reading and prayer that God downloads his heartbeat into our chest And so along with the Bible reading, don't neglect that. But also remember, God wants to hear you. And the enemy wants to silence your prayers because your prayers are so powerful. And your prayers are kept on record in heaven. Today I'm going to share a little devotional thought called filing cabinets. kind of goes along with this theme of prayer. At this time, filing cabinets. Last night during church, I had a little thought about our prayers being filed in heaven. I began to think about my prayers being written, transcribed, recorded on blank pages, one side written and then another, each page placed in a file, in a filing drawer, in a filing cabinet. Every word kept on file. How many files would be full? How many drawers would be full? How many filing cabinets would there be? Would heaven have record that I had been on my knees? Now I know this is just a Megan thought because the Bible says nothing about filing cabinets in heaven. However, the Bible clearly indicates that our prayers are stored in the heavenly realm. Revelation 5.8 says, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. In Acts 10, a God-fearing centurion, Cornelius, 
who is about to be the first Gentile convert of the New Testament, has an angelic encounter. There was a centurion man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. The angel then goes on to give instructions for the lives of Peter and Cornelius. Peter, who had seen the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, was about to see the same outpouring in Cornelius's home. It was made possible by always prayers that were on file, whose record had become a memorial before God. I love the Greek word for memorial. It is number 3422 in the concordance. I will not try to pronounce it. And it is used only two other times in the New Testament, both in regards to the woman whose broken alabaster box and lavish love poured out on Jesus would become a memorial. Its definition from Thayer's is a memorial, that by which the memory of any person or thing is preserved, to have become known to God, so that he needs and is about to help. Cornelius's prayers had accumulated to the point that they had made him known to God. He had become a familiar face in the throne room. The record of his myriad prayers had reached a point that caused God to take note and script his story into one of the 28 chapters that comprised the actions of the apostles. His memorial prayers preceded and facilitated the opening of the gospel to the Gentiles, and his always prayers saw his name recorded in another location, the Lamb's Book of Life. Not only were Cornelius' prayers on file, his prayers produced results. Job says, My witness is in heaven, my record is on high. Though he doesn't specifically mention prayers, he does re- indicate the records of heaven. Whether vials or bottles or books or memorials or filing cabinets, I know not the exact form, but I do know that prayers are recorded in heaven. Every word, every cry, every groan, every tear, preserved, recorded, filed in that heavenly place. Words, paper, and filing cabinets are probably easier to understand to this writer's secretary brain of mine, but whatever the method, not one word of prayer is lost. Every word captured and noted by a great God, every utterance expressed in him, in faith to him, taken into account and remembered, every prayer a part of the memorial. This reminds me of a quote I read several years ago by Peter Kreeft, a professor at Boston College. He said, I strongly suspect that if we saw all the difference, even the tiniest of our prayers make, and all the people those little prayers were destined to affect, and all the consequences of those prayers down through the centuries, we would be so paralyzed with awe at the power of prayer that we would be unable to get up off our knees for the rest of our lives. Wow. Wow. I don't yet see the results of all my prayers, but I stand in faith that my words are on record, on file, 
ready to be referred to and taken note of. My prayers are not forgotten. My prayers are not in vain. My prayers are on file in heaven. And your prayers are on file in heaven, every single word. That was just a little thought, and I pray that somehow it will inspire you to get on your knees and pray prayers to a God who is waiting to hear them. Eternity is keeping count of your prayers. There's a quote from E.M. Bounds who talked about our prayers outliving us. He said, prayers outlive the lives of those who uttered them, outlive a generation, outlive an age, outlive a world. Our prayers are literally an investment in eternity, one of the few things that go beyond our lives and outlive us, one of the few things that can go behind the scenes and work in the spirit world to change lives, to alter destinies. We can partner with God through our prayers, and more than anything, we get to know God through his word, and through his presence. What an incredible privilege. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being a part of this journey. For now, you go grab your Bible, your journal, and get on your knees. I'm so looking forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.